Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome to episode number 216 of the Draft Analyst, presented by the Believe Sports Podcast Network. Do you believe? This is Chris Tripodi, and I'm joined by Tony Pauline, as always. And bowl season is in full swing right now, despite several COVID-19 interruptions. We've got 16 games in the books. We're going to touch on eight more on the show being played Tuesday and Wednesday. But first, we'll take a look back at the games that have happened. Tony, who stood out to you? Well, first thing I got to say, uh, Merry Christmas to all of our listeners or those who uh, celebrate Christmas and moving forward, obviously, a Happy New Year. You know, I'm going to go right to the very first bowl game. Actually, I'm sorry, it was the third bowl game because they started Friday night this time. The Celebration Bowl uh, and the two kids from South Carolina State that we highlighted in our last podcast, B.J. Davis, as well as Jacoby Durant. Uh, I mean, first of all, I was surprised South Carolina State won the game. B.J. Davis, nine tackles. One fumble recovery was all over the field. Jacoby Durant had a nice pass defense. It was, it was apparent that they couldn't get the ball to his receivers, so they stopped throwing in his direction. Also had a big sack. I mean, both of these guys play small school football, but they definitely have NFL potential. Yeah, and I mean, hard not to mention another guy from a smaller school, and that's Western Kentucky quarterback Bailey Zappi, who actually just declared for the draft about an hour before we recorded this. Uh, I mean, he was close to setting some records entering the game. Six touchdowns later, uh, all-time FBS leader in both passing yards and touchdowns in a single season. And while Appalachian State doesn't exactly sound like an intimidating opponent, you know, one from a Power 5 conference that might shut you down, I mean, they only had 12 passing touchdowns allowed all season. Uh, they have some NFL players in that secondary. So it's not like Zappy did this against some second-rate secondary. I mean, he also didn't do it throwing the ball down the field. It was mostly short passes, which in the end is why he's not going to be a top 100 pick. But impressive nonetheless. And I mean, so is Jared Stearns, a guy we've talked about too. I mean, 13 catches, 184 yards and three touchdowns, consistently got separation. Just again, hard not to be impressed with what Stearns did as well. And really, I mean, I know Tony, your boy, Coastal Carolina tight end, Isaiah Likely, bunch of one-handed catches, turned one into some yards after the catch. Uh, just, you know, really impressed in his bowl game. So, you know, I would, I would say that those three guys right there, uh, were you know certainly impressive and, and guys that maybe a lot of people who are more casual viewers didn't know about before bowl season. I mean, that Coastal Carolina-Northern Illinois game was a lot closer than what I thought. As far as the Western Kentucky kids, I mean, Bailey Zapp is going to make or break his draft stock at the uh, Senior Bowl. Stearns, I, I, I did my Western Kentucky film. Stearns is a good pass catcher, but he's small and he's not super fast. So unless I'm way off and he somehow went, runs a 4-3 in pro day workouts – I like Stearns, but I think he's a day three pick that's going to be a number four, number five receiver at the next level. And we'll get to this week's show in just a minute. But first, a word from our sponsor. We're back in better than ever with a new web interface for the rest of the NBA and football season and more props, odds and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's B-L-E-A-V-50, to receive your bonus. Bowl game odds are out. 
Just one game that we'll discuss on this show is a spread over five points. Mississippi State favored by a nine and a half over Texas Tech. Well, the way Mississippi State puts up points and the way Texas Tech uh, allows points, I think that's a pretty good bet that you just uh, mentioned there. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and your home to bet on all the bowl games. Bet online where the game starts. And I will start this week's show with a noon kickoff in the Birmingham Bowl between Auburn and Houston. No cornerback Roger McCreary or linebacker Zacoby McLean for Auburn's defense both opted out and are headed for the NFL draft. But they're still underclassmen for the Tigers, like defensive end Colby Wooden, defensive back Nehemia Pritchett, another guy who opted out and entered the draft on the Houston side, cornerback Marcus Jones. Not going to have defensive tackle Logan Hall either, but explosive redshirt sophomore receiver Tank Dell is playing for the Cougars after he tore up Cincinnati the last time we saw him in the AAC title game. Be interesting to watch him against Pritchett and senior safety Smoke Monday, probably the game's best matchup considering all the departures I already mentioned. Yeah, I think Clayton Toon, the the, uh, Houston quarterback, really does not get enough love in draft circles. It's a shame that McCreary as well as uh, McLean are, are sitting out this game to prepare for the NFL draft. I understand it. In some instances, I don't agree with it, with, especially with Marcus Jones, a guy who I thought could really help himself. Um, Demarion Williams is going to be somebody to watch because uh, you know that uh, Auburn's going to put the ball in the air, even though they are quarterback shy as, uh, as one of their, top, their prior starters left the, via the transfer. Um, interesting matchup from a game point of view. I don't see how Houston stays with the Auburn. Now the first responder bowl kicks off. A few hours later, with Louisville facing off against Air Force. Unlike the first game of the day, no notable opt-outs of note here. Cardinals quarterback Malik Cunningham back to school in 2022. Player we're intrigued by here as a potential dual-threat quarterback at the next level. Most of the intrigue in this game, though, lies in the Louisville secondary, even without injured cornerback Catrell Clark. Safeties Quinterio Cole and Kendrick Duncan, big hitters on the back end. And considering how run-based the Air Force offense is, Pair is going to get a lot of opportunities to make plays, and only linebacker C.J. Avery was more involved against the run this season than this pair of safeties, even though, as we've kind of discussed before, hasn't really been a banner year for Duncan. I mean, he's probably been outplayed by Cole throughout the season, despite expectations. And this game really sets up well for Cole, because obviously Air Force is primarily a run team, an option team. They don't put the ball in the air too much, and Cole's strength is basically running downhill and getting the ball handler. Kind of a shame that uh, Clark is injured. He's not going to play. I know he was thinking of entering the draft at one point. Probably projects as a fourth rounder. If he goes back in 2022 and has a good year, Catrell Clark, the corner from Louisville, very likely a uh, day two selection. Next up, the Liberty Bowl at 645. Texas Tech faces Mississippi State, as mentioned before. This does project to be the most lopsided game on Tuesday's slate mostly because Tech quarterback Tyler Show still hurt. Top target, Eric Ezukama. Also, the team's top non-quarterback prospect is off to the draft. He won't play. Same goes for Bulldogs left tackle Charles Cross. But pass rusher Tyrus Wheat will play. Should see lots of Red Raiders left tackle TJ Stormont, while wide receivers Austin Williams and Makai Polk from Mississippi State face a Texas Tech secondary that includes senior cornerback Demarcus Fields, So while all these matchups involve likely late-round picks, should still be solid barometers for these guys heading into the postseason. 
Tyrus Wheat is is sort of it's so he's sort of a strange type of guy in the sense that you know he's got defensive tackle size in the sense that he's built low to the ground and he's got a squat build, but he's a good pass rusher who can occasionally stand over tackle. He's a forceful guy, uh, really a fun guy to watch. I don't know that he's going to be drafted anywhere other than the very late rounds, but he can play at the next level. A guy from Texas Tech that really doesn't get a lot of uh, mention, but is always around the ball making plays, is their linebacker, Colin Schooler. I don't think he's going to test very well, but I think he's one of those guys that can really turn some heads in camp next summer and make it as a seventh or eighth linebacker and a special teams demon. Now the Holiday Bowl, another evening start with a couple of very intriguing players in the passing game, even if they won't match up too often against each other. NC State wide receiver Omeka Amizi, a big productive pass catcher, and UCLA defensive back Quantrez Knight, the team's leading tackler this year, more of an enforcer against the run. Uh, no great matchup either for NC State left tackle Ike Mekwanu, but I mean, we're just glad he's playing in this game, considering all the other opt-outs that we've seen throughout bowl season. He's the top 2022 draft prospect in this matchup, and really on this podcast, since Kayvon Thibodeau is not going to play for Oregon, a bit of a spoiler alert for later, but Iguanu, the exact combo of size, length, and athleticism that the NFL looks for. On the other side of the ball, watch wide receiver Kyle Phillips and tight end Greg Dulcich from UCLA. They dominate the Bruins' passing game production. And really, with Dulcich, the athletic ability was always there. We discussed him earlier in the year. It's really nice to see him produce more this season, over 700 yards and five touchdowns on 42 catches. Last player to watch, left tackle Sean Ryan, especially watch him in pass protection. Maybe we don't have the greatest one-on-one matchups here in this game, Tony, but should be fun to watch from both a football standpoint and an NFL draft one. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, Dulcich, I don't know whether or not he's going to enter the draft. I can't put my thumb on that, but... He's one of those guys that is a mid-round choice, maybe a day two selection if he runs very well. It, it is a deep tight end class. It's not heavy at the top. You don't have no Kyle Pitts at the top, but starting in late part of round two, really through the fifth round, it gets very deep, and Dolce's fits right in the middle of that. You know, you mentioned Quintara's night. Keep an eye on Quinton Lake, their primary safety at UCLA, a guy who has had a real good career when he's been on the field, uh, very good run defender, not a great athlete, but a real good football player. North Carolina State, you mentioned uh, Emeki Mezzi. Keep an eye on Devin Carter. I'm told he's leaning towards entering the draft, even though everyone is telling him he should stay. He makes a lot of highlight reel type of plays, but then at times he drops some very easy throws. Now the guaranteed rate bowl wraps up the Tuesday slate at 10:15 Eastern time, Minnesota against West Virginia. No running back, Letty Brown, for the Mountaineers, opted out to prepare for the draft. So especially with that news, this game is one where you're going to want to watch the trenches, especially when Minnesota has the ball, because nearly all the Gophers' offensive linemen have NFL futures. Offensive guards Connor Olson and Blaze Andrews will face off against West Virginia defensive tackle Dante Stills, who had 13 tackles for loss and six sacks from the inside in 2021. An athletic guy, that's a matchup to watch. But the top Minnesota prospect, Right tackle Daniel Falele, a mauling right tackle, and really a mountain of a man, absolutely massive. So while that's where your eyes should wander when Minnesota has the ball, when they are on D, you got to watch the edges. Boye Mafi, Anasezi, Otomowo Rome. Mafi had career best numbers this year, nine tackles for loss and six sacks. He's small and athletic, whereas Otomowo is kind of the opposite. He's got true defensive end size and length, doesn't have the same athleticism or pass rush production 
as Mafi, but they are players that complement each other quite nicely on the field. Yeah, Mafi's the kind of guy who at the next level, you can line him up in a three-point stance. You can occasionally stand him up over tackle. Shows the ability to get out in space and make plays as well as rush the edge. And he is athletic and he's fast. He's just a little bit small. And he struggles, uh, you know, taking on blocks. Uh, Niles Pinckney, the former Clemson player, has shown flashes, the interior defensive tackle. Falele just keeps impressing me. I mean, he was a guy who I had a lot of questions about coming into the year, but he's really big and he's really athletic and he moves very well for a guy who's probably some 360, 370 pounds on a good day. He's going to be matched up against Dante Stills at times, the uh, defensive lineman from West Virginia. He's listed as a uh, defensive tackle, but they move him outside. And Stills is very explosive and athletic. He's got a lot of edge speed. He plays with great balance. But like Mafi of uh, Minnesota, he's not the strongest guy in the world. And obviously, Falele's got a massive size advantage on him. Now, turning our attention to Wednesday's games, starting in the Bronx, where the Pinstripe Bowl has Maryland and Virginia Tech facing off. Lots of opt-outs for the Hokies. Not surprising after coaching change, Amari Barno being the biggest name. Shamari Connor seems like he's going to play, though. Continue to be a playmaker on the back end this season, forcing turnovers, penetrating the backfield, and making plays in coverage. Center Brock Hoffman also entering the draft, but will play in the bowl game rather than opting out to prepare early. On the Maryland side of things, left tackle Jalen Duncan is a guy that we've been talking about for a couple years. He's a big blocker with solid fundamentals. Well, tight end Chigozim Okonkwo had his best season in 2021, 49 catches, 433 yards, and five touchdowns. Probably going to see some of Connor in what is likely this game's top draft matchup. Okonkwo, definitely a late-round option in what's shaping up to be, as Tony said earlier, a very deep tight end draft. One other guy to keep an eye on from Maryland, Nick Cross, the safety. Underclassman safety's had a real good year. I'm told very likely he's going to enter the draft, or at least – He's thinking about uh, entering the draft, getting to Virginia Tech. Uh, I don't know if Luke Tenuto, I know he, he has announced for the draft. I think he is playing in this game. And Tenuta is a guy who we talked about in the summer, played right tackle last year, moved to the left side, very athletic, coming off a terrific season. Coach's son, he understands the game. So that's a guy to key on if he's in the game. I don't see that he's opted out. And also Virginia Tech running back Rasheen Blackshear, who came over from uh, Rutgers. Not the biggest guy in the world, but small, feisty, and a real good pass catcher out of the backfield. Now, the evening game Wednesday is the Cheez-It Bowl. Brings us Clemson against Iowa State. Would have been exciting to watch Cyclones running back Brees Hall, top running back in this year's class, go up against this talented Clemson defense. But he understandably opted out to prepare for the draft, considering both his position and his projected draft stock. There is still tight end Charlie Kohler, though, and wide receiver Xavier Hutchinson, who we talked about earlier this year after Hutchinson went 12 for 125 and two against Oklahoma State. The pair should see a lot of Clemson linebacker James Skowski and cornerback Andrew Booth Jr., respectively. Many are surprised that Booth is playing in this game, but his presence is definitely a good test for Hutchinson to see if he can get separation. But really, this Clemson defense, as usual, has talent. At all levels, Tyler Davis and Xavier Thomas up front, aforementioned Skowski and Balen Specter at the second level, and Booth and Nolan Turner in the secondary. It should be interesting to watch this Iowa State offense, which is a very talented offense with, you know, half of the offense starting-wise is probably an NFL prospect. 
but it's missing its engine in Brees Hall against this Clemson defense. While, you know, certainly not at the level it's been in many recent seasons, still has a lot of talent. You know, I think, first of all, it's a testament to both coaches. I mean, these guys are, are one of those players' coaches. You got Justin Ross, who's injured, who's decided, you know, obviously he's not going to play getting ready for the NFL draft. And you got Brees Hall. Can't blame Brees Hall. He's going to be the first running back drafted, probably somewhere in the early part of round two. You know, why play one more game and maybe get hurt? With Brees Hall out, I mean, we're going to see what Brock Purdy is really made of. Because, as you said, Brees Hall was the motor that made that offensive engine move at Iowa State. I've never been a big fan on Brock Purdy's next level potential. I think he's a real good college quarterback. He's an exciting college quarterback, but I think at best he's a late round pick uh, in the draft, even though some scouts had him as a second round prospect coming into the season. Uh, It's going to be a a real tough go against, as you mentioned, a very talented uh, Clemson defense with Andrew Booth playing, with James Skowski playing, with a defensive line from Clemson that's going to get a lot of pressure up the field. Also, we got to mention Will McDonald deciding to go back to, uh, for another year uh, at Iowa State. Will McDonald, a great edge rusher, very athletic, very explosive, probably would have been a top 45 selection had he entered the 2022 draft, is going to go back if he improves on what he showed in 2021. Will McDonald will be a first-round pick in 2023. Now, the Alamo Bowl caps off the Wednesday slate at 9:15 two teams undergoing some coaching upheaval themselves in Oklahoma and Oregon. No Kayvon Thibodeau, as I teased earlier for the Ducks. No surprise, really. I mean, little upside to him playing in a bowl game at this point. No Devin Williams either, after he declared for the draft, had 35 catches for 557 yards and four touchdowns this year. That leaves center Alex Forsyth and running back Travis Dye as the top Ducks prospects playing Wednesday, along with right tackle Malasela Umavu Lalu, who is playing despite declaring for the draft. Oklahoma, on the other hand, a bunch of players in the transfer portal, obviously with Lincoln Riley leaving. Nick Benito, Brian Asamoah, and Perry and Winfrey opted out to prepare for the draft, along with Isaiah Thomas. So the defense is really depleted in terms of NFL intrigue. But on offense, keep an eye on left guard Marquise Hayes and right tackle Tyrese Robinson, protecting for freshman quarterback Caleb Williams, who was all the rage when he took over for Spencer Rattler during that Texas game. He's cooled off a little bit since, and he watched his coach leave. Obviously, this game littered with the opt-outs, Tony. What are you watching for? Yeah, not these opt-outs, and it's surprising. (laughs) You know, you mentioned all the opt-outs on the Oklahoma defense, and the Oklahoma defense was very disappointing this year. So, you know, to see these guys who didn't live up to expectations, who who didn't play as advertised, opting out, it's very – it's it's – uh, you know, mind-boggling, if you will. Uh, Verone McKinley from uh, Oregon. This is very likely going to be his last game because I'm told he is going to enter the draft. And going up against an Oklahoma defense that likes to put the ball in the air, it's going to be a good matchup for him to see if he, you know how he does in coverage. Uh, McKinley's a tough run defender. He's good against the pass. He's got excellent ball skills. Problem is, he goes about five foot ten, if that. So that's going to be a problem. Very surprised Michael Wright entered the draft. I like to call him Michael Wrong because uh, too many times he's making just horrible plays and he's getting beaten. Yeah, he's got some highlight real type film at times. But if you like, watch Michael Wright. He never plays the receivers, never plays the ball in the air, I should say. He plays the receivers' hands. Devin Williams, I don't think he had the great year that he needed to enter the draft, but he's got some upside potential. I I mean, like you said, it's going to be the – Oklahoma offensive line that's got some real good prospects. 
probably pushing that Oregon defense around the field. And that's it for the 216th episode of the Draft Analysts, presented by Bet Online and the Believe Sports Podcast Network. Do you believe? If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe on any of the major podcast platforms and leave us a rating and a review. And feel free to ask us any questions and give any feedback you may have as well. We'll be back later this week with more coverage of bowl season. But until then, on behalf of Tony Pauline, I'm Chris Tripodi. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.